Fain in the Christmas spirit. When I hear uh, Travis Brown's voice, that puts me in the Christmas spirit. I love a good uh, the Texas Bowl. The Bears have played in that before. Uh, Travis, uh, welcome back to the Mosley Show. I did want to be the first to tell you that we have just had a score in the um, in in that Minnesota game against Bowling Green, and it looks like the Golden Gophers are going to take a 23-10 lead in that quick lane uh, bowl game. I know you've had your eye on that one. That's a seven-yard touchdown catch for the the Golden Gophers. Travis, how are you? Doing good. Glad glad that I can get you in the festive spirit. Is, is the quick lane bowl the one where they're going to dump eggnog on the coach, or is that is that the holiday bowl? I, can't, I think one of those today, a coach is getting an eggnog bath, and I can't remember which one it is. Well, they do that one where they get some mayo involved, <laughs> that Duke's Mayo Bowl, which just sounds disgusting to me. <laughs> but it's um, spicy. There's a little there's a little kick to it. Is there I I just <laughs> I have no use in life for mayo. You know, like even when it, when I'm when I'm looking for potato salad, you know, I gotta go the mustard potato salad route. I can't really do the mayo the mayo base but um i mean you're preparing for this big bowl game aggies and (coughs) oklahoma state it usually comes down to travis who is most interested in playing in a bowl game aggies have an interim coach coach e the man you like elijah um you know the defensive line coach that'll be moving on but i mean do you get the sense? Are there some young players, the young quarterback? Like what what intrigues you the most about this game? And which team do you think will be the most emotionally invested in this? So, I mean, I think you have to start first with like I, I have pulled up here in front of me the, the you know, A&M doesn't do depth charts. Depth charts are a thing of the past, you know, in, in modern football. But they have a start chart. When I'm looking at the start chart here, we have – one, two, we have both of the first and second starting quarterbacks out or gone. We have the starting running back from that game uh, is, is questionable. Uh, one of the offensive linemen is gone. The top two wide receivers are gone. Two of three tight ends on the start chart are either gone or injured. One, two, three, four, five defensive linemen are either in the transfer portal, NFL draft are gone. One of the two linebackers gone. One, two of the uh, the both corners are in the transfer portal, and one safety on that start chart. So when you talk about which team is going to show up, it, it's really a question for the Aggies who is going to show up because there, there's going to be a lot of guys who who haven't had as much playing time this season as some of the other guys that that are going to be in this game and. So who knows what's going to look? Not not to mention, you talk about Elijah Robinson as the interim head coach, but Bobby Petrino was the offensive coordinator, of course, through those last two games after Jimbo Fisher uh, got fired. Well, Bobby Petrino's already moved on to Arkansas, so uh, they got um, uh, the the old uh, tight ends coach now calling the plays and and, uh, and and 
running the offense. And so, I, I mean, you can't change up an offense in bowl practice, but what is this going to look like? Is it is it going to be the real deal thing? Are they going to do gimmicks and have fun with it? Like, I don't. this is going to be the most wheels off bowl game I think I've ever covered just because of transfer portal, coaching staff, all, all the above. It, it's going to be a wild one. I hate that you were not in position to go to that that rodeo bowl presented by Kroger. It looks like the folks <laughs> of Oklahoma State put it on the Aggies in that particular yeah. outing. I, I've been twice because this is the third time A&M's been to the Texas Bowl since I've been on the beat. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a good bit when you got two, you know, when, when you might have uh, a, uh, you know, I don't know, Kentucky versus uh, maybe a, maybe a, an Iowa State or something. I, who knows? But when you got two straight-up ag schools going in on the Rodeo Bowl, I, I think that there might be you, – you might could, could venture a guess that there's at least one guy on, the, on both teams that has roped before or something like that. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I've done it. I've seen it. it it's something. And uh, I was happy to be with my family on the 23rd. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're young in this marriage, but um, that's good. Spend some time with the in-laws, then you'll get to see your parents. You're making your way across uh, across Texas. I think this is a. I think you're doing. You're making all the right moves, uh, from what <laughs> I can uh, gather. Now, Travis, this uh, this Aggies recruiting hall. What happens is so much is. It's like the only news we really get excited about on signing day are the flips, right? Oh, gosh, this guy went here. Oh, the Aggies flipped this guy. Or Florida couldn't hold – you know, they, how many people flipped Florida players? Like seven or eight. I mean, it, it was really almost sad for Billy Napier. It was like he, he could barely keep that class together. What did the Ags come away feeling like? Obviously, there were some portal folks that left, like Nolan – who's now at Ole Miss, that you hate because that you know he was from that Ballyhoo 2022 class. But just in terms of the uh, recruiting class, how this thing turn out? And, and are, are people, are the Aggies fairly pleased with the way they put this thing to bed? Yeah, I think, I think there isn't anything to scoff about with this team. They signed 14 players in their early signing period. Uh, kind of uh, led off by... You got a long view defensive lineman, Dalen Evans, who, who signed later in the little early signing period. You got Blake Ivy, an offensive lineman, a four-star guy out of uh, Clear Springs, uh, who was a, a big-time recruit. Solomon Williams uh, out of Florida. He's an edge rusher. Uh, 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 Papa Afua. Uh, is also an offensive lineman from the Seattle, Washington area. So they're able to hold on to some pretty uh, key pieces. You know, you mentioned Florida, the one, I think the, it never really was probably going to be an option, but A&M went real hard in there and on quarterback DJ Lagway from Willis, who ultimately ended up signing with Florida. Um, And he's, you know, Mr. Texas football this year and uh, maybe one of the the highest rated recruits from here. They made a push there late to try to get DJ Lagway, who I, I saw twice and is, is a very, um, very, very good talent. But uh, he, he ended up being one of the, one of the lone guys to, 
to sign with Florida and, and go out to the Gators. Um, but, you know, someone made a good point that I saw. It's always, in, in this day and age of college football, it's always is interesting to see and hear who might the, who the, the second-place finisher might have been or even the third-place finisher in some of these recruiting battles because if any of these players don't get enough playing time or don't get enough NIL money in that first year, they could definitely uh, – relook at some of those places that they were were keen on in the recruiting process to see if maybe the transfer portal might might give them more of what they want. So recruiting is almost more interesting that way to see what's the first pick, but then maybe what would the second pick be? Um, They they also pulled in uh, seven transfers so far, really addressed the defensive secondary um, and and a lot of the defensive side of the ball, of course, with uh, Mike Elko being – uh, the defensive guy that he is. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that portal continues. He, Mike Elko and, and his staff, Mike Elko said that they're going to lean heavier into the portal this year because of um, the attrition with the coaching change and everything like that and having to put together a class quickly. Um, and so they'll be a little more portal heavy this year than they will be in, in future years. But um, yeah, I think every, I don't think anybody is too upset about what has, the, the roster turnover that has happened so far for the Aggies. What do Elko and Colin Klein, are they just are they so focused on recruiting? Or were they able to go out and hang out at <laughs> practice? Like what, what kind of role are they taking? Because it's probably a, an opportunity to start really getting to know players, which I think they would love, but they also want to be respectful of the people who are actually going to be on the field and in the booth getting the team through this game how have they kind of handled that process yeah from every indication they've been somewhat hands-off with the actual bowl practice they i i I wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of them have been out there kind of watching getting a feel for things maybe watching some tape afterwards but i know with colin klein i know uh, i talked with tommy moffitt who's the strength and conditioning coach uh, uh, who's going to be coming in here from LSU last week. And, uh, you know, they are getting ready for uh, December the 30th is when the new staff really kind of takes over and the, there's the, the, the changing of the guard. So uh, they had some of these coaches come in for some of their recruiting official weekends uh, leading up to meet some of these, uh, the commitment, some of these recruits, uh, give them the pitch. But I, I think it's pretty much the old staff's, a game to uh, to call and, and practice to run uh, up until they make that official transition around December 30th. Travis Brown joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, getting ready for that Tax Act bowl game in uh, Houston as the Aggies line up. Uh, well, that'll be interesting. So who do we expect at quarterback? Because I've been, uh, obviously you said you've got a couple of guys out. Uh, you know, obviously uh, Wegman's been injured you're hoping to see him at some point you've had guys uh max uh transferred out who is uh who will be kind of number one and number two in this game yeah it's going to be jalen henderson who started the last three games of the season that transfer from fresno state who did a great job uh in those three games they they really tailored the offense for his ability to run the ball made it a little bit more rpo heavy a little bit easier to read um great story a kid who Went to Fresno, didn't, re- I mean, was a, the only time he ever saw the field was mop-up duty uh, in a couple of games. 
uh, Bobby Petrino got a hold of his tape and they, they liked what they saw from the tape, even though he didn't really have any numbers from practice tape, uh, working with, uh, uh, quarterback coaches and whatnot. And they gave him an offer and he stepped in and he, he's done a really good job. I mean, his only really mistake in three games was he threw a late interception against LSU that kind of, uh, put the game to bed a little bit, but they were trying to come from behind it and make something happen. So he's, he's done a good job. They've called a good game for him, good game plan for him. And I think he is uh, a great option at uh, backup for the Aggies next year behind Wegman. Um, another reason why I think Max Johnson might've seen, seen the writing on the wall and, and went ahead and moved on. Uh, so, so it'll be interesting to see live the game plan they call for him. He's going to have to get adjusted, not having an Smith and Evan Stewart, uh, Nias, of course, going to the NFL. Evan Stewart uh, has, has entered his name in the transfer portal uh, and, and uh, see kind of what, what his options are out there. But he's done a pretty good job. All right. I liked you digging in, getting to know some of the strength and conditioning folks. I mean, that's good. And, um, I mean, that that's going to be an interesting group. Now, catch us up, by the way, real quick on on Aggie basketball. This This team was ranked earlier in the season – Kind of hit a lull. You know, the Bears have hit a lull. Uh, were ranked as high as number six in the country, I believe it was, and uh, had, had uh, tough back-to-back losses to Michigan State and Duke. How is Buzz's uh, Aggies team doing right now? Yeah, they, uh, they, they're in the middle of their little Christmas break uh, uh, slowdown. They, they played, you know, they have the 13th highest non, the 13th hardest non-conference schedule in the country, according to Ken Palm, and Purdue was the only other Power Five program ahead of them that had a, a harder non-conference schedule, at least according to to his metrics. Um, they they already have three wins against Quad One teams. Um, they're in a much, even though they are seven and four, they're in a much better spot than they were in uh, last year when they were six and five and had already had a quad four loss to, to Wofford right before the Christmas break. So as Buzz Williams said, Santa Claus was able to come uh, this year and visit them because they got that pre-Christmas win and they're in a, they're in a much better spot than they, than they were. Um, they, they play Prairie View A&M to close out non-conference on the 30th. And then they start against LSU on the 6th. I, I actually think that this non-conference slate has been a little bit like swinging with a donut for them. I think when they get into SEC play, they're going to, there's definitely going to be some games that they are very much the better team uh, and, and should win the game. Uh, I think LSU is one of those games to start out with. I saw LSU play against Texas down there in that Houston showcase a week or so ago. And they, they, they didn't look like they had a whole lot of offense and, and the defense was, they, 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 they could score some points. The defense actually is kind of like the football team. The defense definitely struggled a little bit. A&M has the, I believe it's now the sixth best offense in the country in adjusted offense efficiency. Um, and so they, they should be able to put some numbers up against the SEC that the defenses just aren't that great this year. Um, maybe number two might be uh, hard to achieve, like they were picked to do behind, uh, behind Tennessee and Kentucky. Seems like they're coming on pretty strong. Uh, as well, but they, they they should be in every game that they play this year, and it is a it is an improved team from last year. So, uh, will be interesting to see how they get things underway in, in SEC play, and if, if in fact some of these games in SEC play are a little bit easier than some of the games that they played in in non conference. Did you ever get to come to the Farrell Center, the the 
are uh, yeah. right there on the banks of the Brazos. Some some TCU women's basketball in the in the in okay. the Farrell Center. Got to see Kim Mulkey stomping around over there. Yeah. All right. I just didn't know if you'd said a proper goodbye to it. Although they're still going to play volleyball and do some stuff, but we've been saying goodbye to the Farrell Center, the jewel of the Brazos, right there. Okay. Yeah. It'll, it'll when is the new When is the new barn open up? Well, the pavilion, sir, will open up January 2nd against Cornell School. I kind of looked at for a little while, but um, I just decided against it. And then uh, on the 3rd, the women will play the TCU Horn Frogs, led by that new coach. I got to say, TCU it was always just a layup uh, the last several years in basketball and since mid-year, whatever his name, since he left. And I think mm-hmm. they're pretty good now. So I'm a little worried about that. I would hate to open up the pavilion with a loss, but I think the late, I think the uh, the Baylor women will prevail. Yeah, I remember covering a TCU-Baylor women's game up in Fort Worth way on back that the, the headline was the fact that Brittany Griner dunked her fifth and sixth career dunks, I think it was, in that game. And that was about the most – notable thing that happened in, in what turned out to be a blowout. So uh, you're, you're right. That was one that the uh, used to be a, a, a layup uh, for, for the most part or a dunk. If you're yeah. a grinder. Yeah. Well, take a, take a peek at that team. They've got some transfers they got somebody six, seven from Liberty Hill. I noticed, I think this is a team. I can see you jumping on this bandwagon, the TCU uh, women's basketball bandwagon. Travis, uh, safe travels, uh, that Tax Act Bowl, they don't get any bigger. Um, and uh, they, it'll, it'll, that they, we're, we're excited for you to be a part of that and uh, just have a, have a great time in Houston, okay? You got it. I'll, I'll be sure to bring some airborne up for you from, from, from Houston for when I'm up in Dallas next week. <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that. There he goes, <laughs> Travis Brown on the Matt Mosley Show. ESPN Central Texas. Okay. Um, It is 